Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, my team and I are talking all things Halloween, as well as giving you some sex advice that you can use all year round. Topics include dates, role play, and erotica, oh my. Make it the sexiest Halloween yet. Refractory periods, how to lessen the time between rounds. Saving your sex life. What to do if you never have a chance to be alone. And what's the deal with vagina steaming? All this and more. Thanks for listening. I'm excited to introduce Care Of, a new vitamin subscription service that's made my life so much easier. To save 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter code SWE. Deputy Jamie. Hello. I have to ask you something. What's the main questions we get asked from our female listeners on the show? What would you say? Oh, definitely not being able to orgasm or having trouble getting there. I mean, there's a lot of reasons too. There's pain dryness, stress, because who doesn't have that Mm. anxiety? I mean, I feel for the women out there. We're just hurting. This is why I got so excited about Foria. Yes, it's amazing. (laughs) Oh my God, I know. Okay, so you guys, this is probably my most unique sponsor I've had in a few years. Foria Awaken. It's intimate massage oil that uses CBD-rich hemp extract. There's been so much research and studies lately about the benefits of CBD oil and also benefits of CBD and sex from pain relief, relaxation for your whole body, and it makes sense that it would work as well for your other parts. Yeah, it's kind of incredible what it can do. I mean, it's think about it. It's a plant, and it totally relaxed me. I know, same. I was so my body, I just used a few sprays and I rubbed it on my hands and then I put it on my whole vulva area and I waited like five minutes. I just felt, I felt stimulated and tingly and turned on. Also, it has eight other plant aphrodisiacs like coconut oil and kava kava extract and it tastes and smells really good too. Yeah, it was like a a minty chocolatey taste. Yeah, it was mint chocolate. All these things are why I want to talk about it. It's easy to use. You don't need to use a lot. This little bottle goes a long way. Yeah, I think I pretty much only use three sprays max each time. Yeah, that's all you need. You're just applying a little bit to the clitoris, the labia, and the vagina. Deep relaxation, increased blood flow, enhances sensations like everywhere, and can stimulate natural lubrication. And I'm definitely having easier orgasms and the smelling good, always a plus. I like the fact that it doesn't have any THC in it because that means that everyone can get it. Everyone can experience it. So, I mean, your head's not going to get high. You don't have to worry about that. Just your genitals. Although, I mean, you know me, I'm down for both. Exactly. Surprising. The organic CBD extract they use is only from the United States and it's all independently tested to make sure it's free of synthetics, toxins, and anything else you wouldn't want to put in your body, especially your vagina. Plus, it's 100% edible and vegan. Oral sex on this is amazing. Oh my God. Um, I could talk about Awaken for hours, but just go check it out, learn more, try it for yourself. Trust me, trust me. Go to sexwithemily.com slash awaken. You're going to love it. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash A-W-A-K-E-N. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily. You got a boyfriend? Because my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. You know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com, which is actually an extension of the show with useful information to help you out. You can also find us on social media. It's at Sex with Emily, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, across the board, really. Wherever you are on social, we're there. Same with our podcast, you guys. You could find us on Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and of course on iTunes. We love when you comment and subscribe on iTunes. It's fabulous. It makes us so happy, right, team? I'm here with my team. It does. Yay. Yay. Hi, Jamie and Sarah. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. We are here today to talk about many things that could help your sex life and help you this month of October, which is the Halloween month, right? Like Mm -hmm. you go into the stores and all of a sudden you're like, really already? Like there's the... You know, the, the the candy corn and the paper 
you know, skeletons and whatever happens. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make it, but also <laughs> Halloween. I think that's what used the paper skeletons remind me of one called Seymour Bones that my friend's dad for years used to send us in college one of those paper skeletons mm-hmm. that you hang up and we would call it Seymour Bones and I, would, I had a very emotional attachment to him. So anyway, Aww. we do a lot of but fun. And when we're kids, it's like the best time of year. Mm-hmm. Halloween's so oh, exciting. Yeah. And then you get older and you're like, oh, I got to go out. I got to dress up. And for, for many people, for many women, you know, it was like, oh, I want to dress something mm-hmm. really sexy, something really out there that we may, might not wear other days of the year. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk to you about how to... Uh, Maybe find something sexy or something that actually feels true to you and kind yeah. of have, have a dual purpose. What are you guys thinking about Halloween? Anything yet? Anything on your radar? I don't know. I just like this time of year. I love scary movies. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I have like an extra excuse to watch them during this month. Um, my dad makes the house look really, really cool. Uh, oh, for Halloween. In, you're one of those homes. We're I love one of that. those homes. That's he used cool. to do a lot more when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And now that we're like both me and my brother out of the house, it's like just these pumpkins, but it's like a really cool display of pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, it's fun. And I do like dressing up. So. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, 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 fun. Okay, so we've got some, um, anything with you, Sarah? You like, how do you feel about Halloween? I like Halloween. It's fun. I like to do spooky things. Um, pumpkin carving's always cool. I like pumpkin carving. Yeah. We could pumpkin carve. Oh, I was thinking that. I got one on my someone in some. There's a politician in my neighborhood who every year drops off a pumpkin. Like I got a full blown pumpkin. That's cool on my porch, and I was gonna bring it to the office. I thought we could make use of it. We should. We'll carve some kind of like vibrator into it. (laughs) Something we could get clever. We sure we certainly could. But when we're adults, you know, you still can't escape it. Halloween's Halloween's around, and and I like it. I like going to a fun party and and with friends. But I think there are some cool things you can do if you're in a relationship or just dating or even with your friends. It could be fun adult Halloween activities, haunted houses. Do they have fun haunted haunted houses in L.A.? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, there, I mean, well, in L.A. it's cool because you can go if you want to. You can go to Universal Studios or you know you can go to Six Flags or not. Scary Farm, as they like to call it. Um, Universal is probably the best because it's movie quality. Right. So those are always really fun to do. Oh, you can go there and see a movie? No, at Universal they do. It's called Haunted Horror Night. So they oh. the park closes at like 6 p.m. And then it reopens at night. And it's like they have like people dressed up in movie quality, like monster, oh. scary type things. It's not for the people that are faint of heart. Like literally it's very like people, chase, like real, you, people right. chase you with like ch- chainsaws and like things and they they don't touch you so that's like the thing if you're scared the thing to remember is they're not allowed to touch you it's literally just to scare you and you go on these mazes so you walk through these things and they're like movie themed so there's like friday the 13th or there's like this year they have stranger things or it's fun okay but there's also just random halloween haunted houses around i like about that is because we were we always talk about how couples who do something like that sort of produces a lot of adrenaline with each other can be like a mm. fun event like mm-hmm. skydiving but you don't have to skydive you could see a scary movie or go to a scary themed event mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that in turn can enhance your connection funny enough being scared out of your mind with your partner is like a connecting experience yeah and i feel like if you are really scared and your partner's really good at comforting you that's just like a good thing to know in general for it other is. things and then if and then if your partner's the one running with their eyes closed you know and not comforting that's also a good thing to know right because then you're like okay like if if this I'm was a real so situation exactly <laughs> if there's a real thing going down now i know carrie pepper spray gary pepper spray <laughs> for sure okay um what else we got our pumpkin patches yeah there's some like tame thing that doesn't have to be scary like pumpkin patches can be fun hay yeah. rides Things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just going to a Halloween party to dress up. Well, you know what's funny, though? When I was in college, back up, it was not sexy. Like, sexy Halloween is like a newer-ish thing. I uh-huh. think that we were more being judged around. Like, you'd be judged, I think, or it just wasn't a thing. Like, you wouldn't walk around half oh, naked. I, did, I didn't in, know that. In the 90s. No, it was like, I I should bring in, because now that I'm going through the garage and cleaning out, I was a crayon one year. Like, I was wearing all blue, and then I had like made like a blue 
cardboard, you know, hat. Like, That's so cute. Yeah, like I was a crayon. All my friends were crayons, like the five of us. Oh, cool. And then one year I was a bumblebee, like I was in a black velvet thing, like nothing sexy. Okay. It just wasn't like that in the 90s. Which is funny because they do make sexy bumblebees Well, now. now you could be a sexy bumblebee, but we were not sexy. I was not sexy. There was nothing sexy. There was no skin bearing. Like it was just not a sexy time in that way. We thought, mm-hmm. I thought I was cute and attractive maybe at the time, but no, no sexy Halloween is probably in the last 15 years. Okay. So interesting yeah yeah so anyway that was not but right we all like but what i'd like about this is dressing sexy is is not to do it just to do it just because you're like okay i'm gonna go find the sexiest thing i can i'm gonna wear no clothes i'm gonna wear these thigh highs and some bustier but you don't really like feel like it's you you're just doing it to go out maybe and be sexy but i think it'd be fun to find something that actually speaks to you in a sexy sense because it could also be a great gateway into like role playing like Mm -hmm. I love role play and I think that role play is effective for so many people and so many couples but they just there's a huge barrier to entry like you were like I wouldn't know how to start it'd be weird if I showed up as the mailman one day like how do I just show up and do that so I think if you are in a relate like I just after I was reading this like I texted my boyfriend I'm like let's dress up together because I think that can actually be Mm -hmm. fun to uh, play it together so you go out at to a party as a couple's costume and then you come home and you keep on partying but in the bedroom Mm -hmm. yeah i like that idea a lot because then it's like for the people that are like well i don't want to just like go out and get like a costume of some sort for no reason and not that role play needs a costume but it makes it a little bit more fun and Mm -hmm. so this is just kind of like your excuse you're like okay like we can get into this kind of role throughout the party in a sense like because people yeah. are like, oh, I know what your costume is. And then uh, you go home and then you're like, okay, let's continue this. And it doesn't have to be this like super elaborate, like great sketch, I think, either. I think people put too much pressure on themselves for role play. No, right. Yeah. Like, if you're like doctor patient, you could be like, I think I feel my forehead. I think I have, I think it's, I have a flu <laughs> coming on. You know, it's like done, you're in. Doctor, <laughs> doctor. I think that people just realize once they get over that hump that it's actually really fun right, let to me, kind of step outside yourself. Let me take your temperature. <laughs> let me take your temperature. <laughs> behind (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so that's just some um it's another it's another fun way if you're just gonna sit home and you don't feel like doing anything you're like oh it's it's annoying halloween but just maybe even something sexy you already have like just go out and do something what would what would your ideal couple's costume be oh god now i know i've been thinking about that like because i'm trying to think of what my couple's costume would be Maybe since we went to Greece this summer, some kind of like Grecian goddess or something. Ooh, Ooh. Be a Greek like Aphrodite. Because I, yes, yeah. exactly, Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny, side note, being Greece, like you'd meet someone, she's like, hello, I'm Aphrodite. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, they'd have all the, you know, I'm Pegasus. Yeah. I'm like, oh. really? You are all these people? So yeah, that's what I'd be able to do since it's also thematic. What about you guys? What would you do? Oh. For a while, I've been thinking about like doing a, Catwoman slash Batman kind of thing, oh, yeah. or even Wonder Woman kind of thing, and then you get to like play with that idea of like light BDSM or like I don't know. It's an excuse to do something dominating and play yes. with leather. Yes, so, nice. <laughs> play with leather. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I'm not really sure. I haven't like this is going to be like my first Halloween where I have a partner. I don't think we're going to be doing a couple's costume either. But I think I always thought it would be really cool to do. And I know this is kind of like cliche in the sense of like the friends trope, but I think it'd be really cool to do like the Leia and the like Princess Leia and the bikini thing though with like Han Solo. Yeah. What do you mean friends trope? They did it on friends? Yeah, like oh. uh, Ross. It was like Ross's like fantasy to have. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Fucking, what's her name? Shit. I love this show. Rachel. Rachel. I can't even believe I did that. Shame <laughs> on me. Anyways, Rachel dress up as it and then she does and he's like, almost can't even do anything because he's so taken aback <laughs> by it. Yeah, like some kind of fantasies that you both have, right? Like dress up like that. Would, that could see that happening actually if you're really into Star Wars or something. And if you're not into costumes, you can still role play if you don't want to go out and buy a costume. You can just mm-hmm. um, make up your own scenarios. It's really just about acting as if you're someone having a dialogue that you're someone else. Yeah, just like the thought of it. It's fun. Like I, I'm not super into the... I like lingerie, but I'm not super into like coming into a character kind of sense. But I do like the idea of like, you know, someone 
comes into your room it's like this sexy stranger but in a sense like it's like an intruder but it's like gives you that sense of danger but it's like fun that is fun yeah danger master slave that could be cool too if you're like want to kind of test the waters of some bdsm aspects Mm -hmm. do a master slave type situation yeah. Like your only purpose is there. Like if you're the slave, like your only purpose is to serve their pleasure. And it's kind of hot. To think that is that. hot. That's mm-hmm. a great scenario right there. There's also some Halloween fetishes you may never have heard of. This might inspire you in for Halloween or for life. That is cool. I didn't even know that there was like Halloween. I know. Days. I know. Here you go. There's spectrophilia. And this is a paraphilia in which a person's ex- a person experiences sexual attraction to and sexual arousal by ghosts, spirits, and specter figures in mirrors. They get really into this fetish and they claim to have sex with ghosts. I mean, if that's your thing, that's super cool. I <laughs> just fine. like how I just wondered like how do you even know that you're having sex with a ghost? Like how would that feel? Would it just be really cold? Can exactly. they get erections when they're spirits? I right. Is and it? You can't really get your heart, your hat, your hands around them either, right? Not a lot of cuddling with a ghost. Like, do you mm-hmm. think it just kind of fills your body as a spirit, and really then know. like you have an orgasm? Yeah, maybe. Like the ghost did maybe have that orgasm. It says it's because we have humans have been obsessed with understanding their place in the world and life after death, and per the nature of fetishes, you know. If it exists, in the case of ghosts, if it doesn't exist, a human can develop a sexual interest in it. So we just kind of get our brains link up something and then eroticize it. So mm-hmm. ghosts, why not? Yeah. Clowns, I found this interesting. Mm-hmm. Colorophilia, a lot of people freaked out by clowns and it can get kind of hot. So this involves sexual attraction to clowns, mimes, and jesters, just to name a, a few. So be my nightmare. So there was an evil clown epidemic that was all over the news. Yeah, the people were like just coming out of forests. That Yeah, see now I have one just reading that. Now I'm afraid of a scary clown. So I'm not into that. But right. But if you are, it's cool. It's just, oh my gosh, no. Are you afraid of clowns? I mean, I use, I'm not afraid of them. Ow. I'm not afraid of them now. But when I was younger, I was terrified of oh, clowns. Yeah, same. Um, and I just remember going to my neighbor's door on Halloween and he was wearing a clown mask, but he was doing like a double-headed clown mask thing. Like it was two people and it was scary and he was walking really weird and I freaked out and I like ran away. And he like, f- the neighbor felt really bad about it, but I'm like, I'm, you know, three years old. Right. It's like, it's like traumatic. I was like, what? Yeah, you got like the big feet and the big nose. Like who decided that clowns were cool for kids anyway? Yeah. Like there's nothing, they're just fun. I think they're more for adults. Because as a kid, you're like, what? Like, I like that you're blowing up a balloon and stuff. That's the fun part. You know what? They blow up balloons. Yeah. Clowns, yeah. They, they, people would hire a clown to come to the But otherwise, they're scary. The big feet, the nose, the things. Yeah. Okay, there's also, what else? Domination. This is another one. Halloween, lots of costumes involve dominatrix or submissive characters. It's the perfect time to experiment with this fetish. Very Fifty Shades of Grey. And we know that we there's so much out there that you could get for something kinky a la 50 shades yeah when i'm down for that latex that one i'm down for i'm down Mm -hmm. you know what i could be like a grecian goddess beady dominatrix perhaps i like combining things yeah Yeah. like i for many years i was um queen midas Mm -hmm. like everything Mm -hmm. i touched turns to gold i was all gold even though it's not a thing i like being like no that's cool it was cool maybe i'll bring it back you could be like uh instead of wearing like a white toga it's like a black toga yeah, the yeah. leather. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I have all these things. Latex. Have- <laughs> I do at home. People send I think I'm going to. That's awesome. You should. That I know hot. I should. It is hot. Okay, I'm really excited now for Halloween. Okay, <laughs> exhibitionism. So we all know people are wearing less clothing on Halloween, but if you're into exhibitionism as a fetish, it's the perfect time to do it because it's about getting a reaction from an unsuspecting person seeing you naked, which is not necessarily consensual. So, which is why this is better as a fantasy. This is a really common one. People having sex mm-hmm. in public or going to play parties and wanting people to watch them mm-hmm. having sex in their, or even in their backyard. Because it kind of like, unless your neighbors are looking, but just this thought of like that you could get caught. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, definitely. You guys have any of that in you? Mm-hmm. 
yeah i've i haven't ventured into that in quite some time um well now you've like 16 roommates you could just do it in the living room yeah but i mean i'm not i'm not gonna (laughs) i i have had sex with other people in the room right and not not like cared got it so okay um, <laughs> not just that an I'm, idea yeah um but i like this idea too i do exhibition it that can be that can be hot and fun um having sex with pumpkins because they're shaped like buttocks they're good for carving holes into they're firm on the outside they're squishy on the inside and have a hard phallic stem jesus everything's phallic you'll find phallic phallic in it's symbols true. and everything right yeah, yeah. i mean uh okay i bet i guess it's like squishy yeah. I can see. Like that's why you're bringing the pumpkin to the office. Well, no. Now I'm now I'm not bringing the pumpkin to the office. Like now I don't want to come back and it's all mashed in because somebody had like, sex with the pumpkin. the pumpkin. I'm like I just wanted to make seeds. Now I can't. They're tainted. Like what happened? No. Hands off my pumpkin. Hands off my free pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> However, the smell of pumpkin. It's not just penetrating a pumpkin that turns people on, but the scent of pumpkin. I think that's true. Pumpkin candles smell good. The smell, though, of pumpkin, blindly selling it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So the smell, according to one clever study, had men blindly sell different scents while measuring their penis growth, marking their arousal, and they found that pumpkin, when combined with another flavor, was the biggest turn-on. To rub pumpkin spice in your body. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Maybe there is something to this like pumpkin spice craze that takes over during this time. Exactly. Like Starbucks has their pumpkin thing. They're really wanting you to get it on. They drag it on until December, right? Like even after. Probably. Yeah, I think so. They're a business. They're like, people love these pumpkins. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I like, (laughs) the only thing that I'm obsessed with um, quarterly or like for holidays is Cadbury eggs. Like, I get excited yes. when Cadbury eggs come out. And every year, it's a little sooner. Like, they're, April's is, is Easter, but they come out in, um, usually like February, like right after Valentine's Day or during. Mm-hmm. And they're just, I used to hoard, I used to like stock up on them. And the day of, of, of Easter, they're on sale. And you get yeah. them for like, anyway, I love that. No, they're but, really but good. But pumpkin's good too. I'm cool with that. So basically, we're just saying have some fun with that. You can't escape it. Like, I feel like, and you know what I love that we're talking about this now is because. I think even last year, I don't remember what I was doing. I was like, I'm just not going to do anything. Like, I'm busy. I'm not going to go out. And and I realized that it's just something fun. It's something different, whether you're in a relationship or not. You know you're going to be going to a party mm-hmm. or going somewhere, or even if you go to a fun movie. And it's a night that most people are like having fun. They're on board. They're getting outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're acting as something else, as someone else. And it's just, it's fun. Like yeah. you're letting go. And I think a lot of us are high, strong, uptight, anxious, much of the world right now. And if you can just kind of let go and have a good night and then turn in something sexy, mm-hmm. when you're like deliberate, intentional with what you decide to wear and present, it could be a whole different kind of evening and maybe come home with some milk duds or something. Yeah. <laughs> They're my favorite candy. That and Cadbury eggs. Gotta say. Okay, moving on. These are the messages most likely to turn people off from dating you. I mean, it makes sense that this is a whole art now and there's a whole Mm -hmm. theories and philosophies behind texting because it used to be like, what do you say on the first call? Like, what are you going to talk about? Should you call someone? No, no one's even calling. It's like the messages. It's all about the text messages. So here's six things most likely to put a potential date off in the early stages of dating. But before I get into this, can you guys tell me, have you ever been in a relationship or things are going along with someone new and you're like, oh God, no, not that emoji or not that text. I'm done. Like, is there anything in your mind that you think that could really piss me off if someone texts that or said that or just maybe excite you either way? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it really does kind of depend. I think one, you have to get used to someone's texting style because everyone is different as far as texting. But my main thing that when I pay attention to texting that has been like, just, I guess it wouldn't be like one specific image or different thing. I don't like when someone uses too many emojis. Like if they're always, like emojis are for specific things and it should not be in like, every single text and then it just gets too much and then i'm like what are you really like what are you masking here right exactly use your words yeah i'm very into the using the words kind of a thing right anything you're pretty good sarah um with things that i don't like as far as text i don't know yeah is there anything that you're like uh we could read some of these see if they jog your mind here see how these make you feel so these are the six things most likely to put a potential date off in the early stages of dating Mm mm-hmm 
Okay, receiving just one answer to a number of questions asked in a previous message, 40%. Rude. So like, but that is rude, but let me let me understand this. Like, what if you're like, hey, hope you're having, you know, how, how'd that meeting go last night with your boss? So I was thinking this weekend, maybe we could get go to the movies or the movies you wanted to see or maybe get some dinner. And she's like, meeting was great with boss. And like, that was the end of the, like, you don't answer the other questions. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, like, that's what they're saying. They're, you're avoiding the questions that you actually... Or is it that you're busy and you don't have time to answer? I don't know. I mean, it really, it, I think it depends. I think when this one, what they're saying is like, if they were like, hey, um, so we're, if, are we still going to your uh, friend's house next Saturday? And if so, like, what do I wear? And what oh. time are we going? And they're like, we're going at six. And that's Oh, lot. that's annoying. And then you're like, well, what do I wear? Where do they live? How long's the commute? Because then right? you have to repeat yourself, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. And then also, I just think this is annoying. I don't care if you're, I'm dating I, you I agree. or anything. That's like, just annoying in life. Answer my questions, no, please. You're right. I would yeah. like that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, receiving too many messages This is the second um, most, second largest offense here. 35% of people. Too many, like a barrage of texts. Like you wake up, you had a great day, and they're like, am I going to see you again? It was really fun. I think this could be two different things also. It could be one, receiving just too many messages in general before you've responded. And two, some people, that's just how they text. So it kind of depends. Like you, like I said, getting used to oh. people's texting style. So they're just like, it's something that could have been in one text. That I like four. My friend used to do that. And ding, 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 ding. Oh, each word was a... Yeah. yeah, and especially if you're on the phone and you're doing something else and it keeps popping up and you're like, oh my God, it's getting so annoying. Like, so... I think that's a good point. I think it's good to be mindful around your, like, I don't do this, but I would like to be more mindful about (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, but think about it beforehand rather than just like, oh, and this and this and this and just kind of think about what you're going to say and then then text it along. It's not too many. Cheesy selfies, 34%. That would be weird. Yeah, I don't know. I've had guys send me cheesy. Like we've said before, I think that, Women are just, a lot of us, we know the art of the selfie. We know the light. We know how to do it. And I think guys sometimes, they're not. Like, they're, they're okay, I've been on the apps, the swiping. And you're like, really? Like, you could have, t- you're, wearing, you're in your hat and sunglasses and your backs. I mean, like, what? They don't know. Or they all have their earbuds in. So just like, you know, cheesy selfies. A random cheesy selfie. What is it, like, bodybuilding? I don't know. I don't but. know. I think it's like, hey, I bought milk. Like, cool. Right. It's nice to know. I don't know. I think I think this is also maybe, and I'm just speculating here, if it was like one cheesy selfie, that's fine. But if you're like always sending me cheesy selfies, I'm going to be like, okay, this is kind of weird, bro. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So taking too long to reply to messages, oh, 33%. Will you hate when people hate take that. too long? I know. And it depends. It depends because <laughs> I sometimes take a long time because it depends. Like, I get it. Like when you're doing something, you're busy, you see it, you're like, I'm going to get back to it. You don't get back to it. Or you're busy and you're like, I'm definitely am going to get back to it and get back to it. But if this is constantly, if you're constantly taking forever to respond to me, I feel like you're doing it on purpose and right. I don't like that. I think in the early case, okay, so I have to remember that we're talking about the early stages of dating. Yeah. So in the early stages of dating, if you're into somebody you're going to text them back. Like we all have our phones with us 24 seven. And so I have to think that unless someone's working like in the emergency room or they're flying, you know, doctor in the emergency room or they're flying somewhere, but even then you can text and they have a pattern of like waiting a few days or a few weeks. The message that anyone would get is like, you're not into it or you're dating yeah. a bunch of other people. In which case I wouldn't say just bail on that person, but have a conversation and be like, for me, what's important is like to hear back from you. And like, mm-hmm. right, don't, don't wait like six days. It just feels bad. It does. It's mm-hmm. disrespectful. If you're into someone like I do that with friends, I don't text them back, but they know. See, they know my texting style. They know that like I'm not going to hear back from her. Like I might need to call her. I might need to send smoke signals, and maybe she'll get back to me. But when you're dating someone, like text back. Hmm. Poor grammar. Thirty-two percent. Yeah, I don't like that. Right. And in my case, is everybody that has had poor grammar that I used to talk to, they were terrible people. Oh, really? <laughs> so. Look at that. So bad people, bad grammar. Maybe, I don't wow. know. Wow, <laughs> wow, interesting. I never heard that one. So poor grammar, yeah, yeah, that, that's tough. When like the there and the there, they get those wrong. Uh, using pet names such as bae or babe. Not in the early stages. Not in, don't prematurely babe me. <laughs> like if we just, if we went on one date and you're like, hey babe, I had a guy do that once. He rang the doorbell and it was our very first date. I was in San Francisco and he rang my doorbell and he's like, and I was like, I had an intercom. I'm like, hello. He's like, hey, babe, I'm here. I'm like, you don't even know me. Oh. You can't babe. And then he babed me all night. 
And then I said goodbye to him at the end of the night, and that was it. He could babe the next one. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand that. Okay, top five most off-putting emojis. The poo face. I like that face. You do see? See? (laughs) I don't know about in early stages of dating, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. What context is the Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, why are you sending me the poo face? Like... Right. Are you, that yeah. This I mean, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Um. Um. The aubergine, which is the eggplant. Oh, mm. why do they just call it eggplant? Apparently, oh, aubergine the, is the color. Oh, seventeen percent. I had to look it up. I think it's funny, <laughs> but I get it. The devil smiling, eight percent. These are off putting. The arm That'd muscle, eight percent. A lot of guys do the arm muscle. They're like. I had a really good day. Arm muscle, like I'm strong. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a guy send me that. I, I think it would be off putting though. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, there and doing things. I'm like, ugh. And be yeah, like, we can do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Rosie the Riveter, but I'm yeah. a dude. Okay, the stick out tongue wink face. Yeah, I oh, feel like. I don't like that one. That one yeah. creeps me out. My friend Mary yeah. sends it to me all the time, and, and she'll just be like, that was funny. Like, Mary, that creeps me out, and yeah. I don't know why. Anyway, that's a friend. Okay, used to flirt. These are the top ones used to flirt, which I agree with. I feel like this, these are the top five the blowy kiss face the blowing kiss face that's, mm-hmm. that one's pretty like benign like you, I do that to friends I do that to lovers yeah. the love hard eyes the winking face the lip kiss the stink the stick out tongue wing face so 13% like it so other people think it's off putting you never know just so you know yeah I feel like people put that the, whenever I think of the stick out tongue wink face I think of someone like saying something kind of snarky and then booting it that's yeah, what that's it makes what me it think of that's mm-hmm. what it is so, so that's what Mary because she's not doing it to be like she'll say something funny she thinks it's a funny one and then I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know yeah it's all about the crying laughing emoji that's my favorite that's, that's, one that is the best one because mm-hmm. that just says it all it really does. You're like, this is a funny thing. I mm-hmm. mean it to be funny. Or I love when someone does it back to me because I was yeah. so funny. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I love earning the crying face emoji. So happy. I'm like, I've had a good day. Our work here is done. I've been funny. One more thing I want to add is about texting styles in a relationship when you're dating someone. I think that these days there's nothing wrong with saying like, hey, just so you know, I don't often get back right away. Mm-hmm. Or... um, it's so much easier to pick up the phone or during the date, super busy or like just because texts can also be misconstrued, right? You can yeah. think mm-hmm. that, I mean, I've heard from so many friends like, what do you think this person meant by this? I'm like, probably that he's going to the store and we'll see you soon. Like, what else could that mean? <laughs> but people are like, but he said soon and, you know, just all these things. So I think. No, I agree. It's like everyone has a different texting style. Like the guy that I'm seeing, I had to ask him just because of he's very short in his text messages. But sometimes I feel like, I don't know, and maybe I was just also just feeling needy at the time. But I asked him, I was like, do you, are you annoyed? Like, do you think it's annoying when I text you? And he's like, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know, because sometimes I text you something and I think it's like really funny and you're just <laughs> you're like, like, like such a dry response or just like a ha. And I'm like, not even a ha ha. And so it's like, to me, that makes me feel like I texted you and you're like, oh, what is she saying now? And he's like, no, no, like, that's just, you know, like, I'm not very, like, a right. texter. And I was like, I guess, I guess. I was like, just add another ha. Or Make add the feel- crying <laughs> yeah. face emoji. He doesn't do any emojis. No he's crying. never once in his life, oh. I don't think, used oh. an emoji. okay. Got it. Well, I think you're right. I think that's a good conversation to have, though. Let him know. And he was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah I did that, too, with Ben. When we, he would always send me things all day long that were funny and interesting and lots and lots of texts. And I was like, I just can't. If I'm texting all day, like I'm not, I can't get back to you. So I finally said to him, I said, are you cool that I'm not going to text you? He's like, oh no, I didn't even remember I sent those. I was just, it's you do you. So it was like a really good, now I see texts from him and I don't always Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, I got to get back to him. I'm like, he doesn't, he'll just keep, it's fine. So be clear, you guys, bottom line, the more we can communicate about these things, the better. All right, you guys, let's move on to some emails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do we feel about that? Let's answer some questions from the people. Thanks, everyone, for emailing us, and thank you for supporting our sponsors. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. A few months ago, I started to take a bunch of supplements and vitamins that my doctor recommended, and the good news is that I've been feeling better. The bad news is that it's been a total pain to manage all the different bottles and boxes. I bought two organizers to make it easier to bring to work. And when I traveled, it was just so many things. And then I found Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription service that sends me a personalized selection of vitamins in individual daily packets. No more sorting or guessing. I get exactly what I need, packaged and ready for me to throw my bag. 
And if that doesn't make it easy enough, they even have an app to keep me on track. This has really made things so much easier for me. I was literally stressing out over vitamins, which is supposed to make me less stressed. It all starts with a fun five-minute online quiz, which really actually got me to think. They asked me about my lifestyle, my diet, and health goals. More specifically, if I was stressed, wanted more sleep, or focus. Obviously, I said yes to all three. Then when I was done, the research-based program recommended the vitamins and supplements that benefit me most. From there, I just set up my subscription and my personalized packets were delivered right to my door. And they're so cute. They even say, hi, Emily, on them each day when I take it. It's like, hi. Something about the ease of care of makes me actually want to take them. I haven't missed a day this month, which never happened with my other routine. Care-of also has vegetarian and vegan options and specialty programs for pre- and postnatal support. I know that taking care of your health can feel like another overwhelming item on your to-do list. And if you feel that way, you should definitely check out Care-of. And right now, my listeners can save 25% on their first month's shipment. Just go to TakeCareOf.com and use promo code SWE at checkout. That's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F com and use code SWE. So let me tell you about my first time buying a sex toy. I was 22 years old living in San Francisco and I walked into a local shop called Good Vibrations. It really blew my mind. I mean, I pictured sex toy stores to be these dark, dingy places, but it was so open and well lit. It was like an Apple store for vibrators. So I walk in and one of the workers approached me and she immediately put me at ease. She was like, hi, so let's talk about your orgasms. You would think a stranger asking that would make you nervous, but she immediately made me feel so comfortable and helped me figure out what would be best for me. Thank you, Pocket Rocket. At the time, I wasn't even aware that my life would also become devoted to helping people with orgasms and sex, or that I'd be fortunate enough to work with Good Vibrations later down the line. This is why I am so excited to have you guys get to know them as well, if you don't already. I mean, they do run some of the best and most respected adult boutiques in the country. And now with their online store, you get to have that same shopping experience and expertise without ever leaving your house. Seriously, guys, they just know quality. I mean, if they have it in their store, I trust it. And if they don't, I have to question it a bit more. It's not just me that feels this way. I can't stress enough the standard they set in the industry. And I'm even more excited because now Good Vibrations runs the Shop with Emily page on my website. So be on the lookout for some great sex toys and sexy announcements. To see everything Good Vibrations has to offer, just go to sexwithemily.com slash goodvibrations. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash G-O-O-D-V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-S. Okay, guys, on to emails. I am on with Sarah and Jamie. Sarah's the newest member of our team. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi. This is fun to have you here. And Jamie just celebrated her three years at Sex with Emily yesterday. I did. And And it's been a wonderful three years. I just want to say, dude, you're just, I just, and Michael has been with us. How long doing sound? Two years. I mean, this and Ken, three years almost. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you guys, it feels amazing to be to to have such support and such an amazing team. It was a dream of mine to someday build a team that was actually people that I look forward to working with that were smart and creative and brought so much and were just as excited to sex with Emily as I was. And that, that has happened. So I'm grateful. We Thank are you grateful to my for amazing you. team. Yes. This is so fun. Okay. So now on to your questions. I love answering them. So if you want a question answered on the show, text Ask Emily all one word, to 797979. Fill out the short form. Check yes if you want to be called. Or go to my website, sexwithemily.com. Click Ask Emily tab. Include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Okay, who wants to read the first email? I'll do it. Go ahead, Jane. Okay, so this is from Anne, 37 in New Jersey. Hi, Emily. My husband and I are working on marital issues in counseling. One thing we've discussed is not enough frequency in our sex life. I've started listening to your show, masturbating more, and we've had good sex recently. Now I feel turned on every day. Only my husband said he can't perform that often. He needs a few days to recharge. Is that normal? Mm. Okay, good question. So first of all, I want to say to you, Anne, I love that you're masturbating more and that that means that you want more sex because sex is top of mind. So I think that's great. So your husband, on the other hand, he's saying that, you know, 
he's just not ready. So here's the thing about the refractory period in men, unless you're like, you know, under the age of 22 or 25, many men can just keep going again. The refractory period takes a lot less time, meaning the period in which he can get an erection again. So um, after orgasm. So he might not be saying he's ready mentally. I'm not so sure you're, you're 37. He's probably about the same age, I would think. Technically, he should be able to go again, but maybe um, if he really feels he can't, like if we're talking about number one, that he can't get an erection, like he's like, babe, I want to have sex every day, but I can't. Well, then that's something I would say he should go talk to his doctor, get his hormones checked. I mean, men at 40, like when they hit 40, their testosterone does take a nosedive. And I don't think there's nearly enough information about hormones, the hormonal impact on men and women and the impact on sex drive, which is something I'm personally delving into so I can start to bring more information to the audience. So that could be one thing. If he's taking a few days, you know, that is a little bit longer. Um, so I would say get his hormones checked. And then you could still, I mean, if you still want to connect sexually, it doesn't have to be penetration. There's a lot of other ways you guys can connect intimately. Yeah. You know, sex without penetration, oral mm-hmm. sex, all that stuff. He is saying that he says he can't perform that often and needs a few days to recharge. So, or it could be the refractory period, but I think you're right. It could be also mentally. Maybe he just has like a lower sex drive. So it's not just that he like physically can't get an erection. He right. just, his sex drive is lower, which so you just kind of have to think about wait because like maybe you know she he's she's like hey like how about you just go down on me or can you at least hold the vibrator for me or whatever and he's just like not into it right well that's a good point there might be some other things going on because typically he probably can get get hard but what i think is also for men a lot of times when there's a lot of stress or anxiety especially around money Mm -hmm. or their career or their job that's going to have a direct, it's like a direct link to their penis. They're like, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I can't feel, I'm not into, into sex. So if that's going on, that could also be it as well. But I think that if you guys talk about it, Anne, and you're like, hey, listen, babe, I, I want sex more frequently, what can we do together? And I think some of these intimacy building things, mm-hmm. massage could really yeah. help. Okay. Sarah. Yeah. Why don't you read the second email? Okay. This is from Sean30 from Australia. Hi, Emily. What is your opinion on sex workers? Is it a good way to scratch your urges if you don't have a partner? Thanks. Okay, Sean, my thought on sex workers are, you know, that's a personal choice. It's a personal decision, and it's definitely not for everybody. So just make sure if you do see a sex worker, you know, you know all the necessary precautions that there's someone that they're, you know, they're tested and there's no abuse going on and it's all consensual and all those things. I'm wondering if there's something going on with you. Like, I'd love you to scratch that itch with somebody, you know, with someone that you actually like, someone that you know and that you could build a relationship with, unless that's something that you're not looking for right now, if there's not a place in your life to kind of build a relationship or, or to meet somebody. I think it's a it's a real way to do it. Like, you definitely could hire a sex worker and you could have sex and then temporarily that itch would be scratched. But what happens for a lot of people is they go to see sex workers and then they want more and more and more and it could become sort of a... I don't think it's often just a one-off thing mm-hmm. for many men and women. It's a way to have sex without intimacy, without emotions. And so I'm just wondering if this might be something for you to look at right now about you, Sean, and what you really want and if there's things that you want to work on for yourself to be able to build a healthy relationship with someone. But I'm not going to judge you, you know, if you to go see a sex worker. I mean, people do it all the time. But you're young, you're 30 years old, and, you know, I think it'd be great if you could find some, some lasting connections. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just depends on really, I think, like you said, what that's for. Like, if you if you can just like if you just do it once and then you're like your urge is scratched and then you go and find and meet someone, that's great. But if you're trying to look at it as an alternative to meeting people in general, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's still your decision, but you shouldn't give up on just trying to find an actual real connection after a while. Like, don't make it become like a huge, huge habit. But and also, I like that you brought up um that it's consensual and there's no abuse going on. Then mm-hmm. make sure that it's like the sex worker, she or he, whoever you're trying to look for, mm-hmm. is someone that like is doing it by choice and wants to be there. Right. Exactly. So all those things, you know, under consideration, Sean. Um, so yeah, go ahead and scratch that itch once, maybe see see how it goes down, but then kind of turn the lens towards yourself and see what you might need to work on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could read the next one from Shannon, 22 in Pennsylvania. Emily, do you have any experience with vaginal steaming? I recently heard about this and want more information. 
how to get into it, what spices to use, if any at all, what products are needed, etc. Does yoni steaming live up to this hype? Okay, it's funny because so uh, vaginal steaming or vagina steaming did sort of come into the, you know, press, I think, with Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. she talked about sitting on her throne. There was like a throne and she, she got her vagina steamed. And, you know, apparently it depends on what they're using to steam your vagina. It's controversial. Because anything that you put inside of your vagina, you got to be careful. We don't know what herbs and spices and you can Google it. And there are some ways to like do vagina steaming at home. But there are lots of things that could impact your pH balance. But there is no scientific evidence that it works. Like it has all these claims that like it could help with hormones and improve fertility. And I don't know that that's true. It could, again, anything that you intentionally are doing to your vagina. Here's what I like about it. If it's like a pretty innocuous place and they're not blowing a bunch of stuff up you and you know it's clean. Focus on our vaginas and our vulvas since we're so disconnected and you're like, I'm going to do something special for myself. And I'm going to put some steam up there to increase blood flow and, you know, and just kind of feel better and feel like I'm connected because I could feel some action going on down there. Like Mm -hmm. that could be that could be helpful, Mm -hmm. but not because you think that you're somehow um, disgusting or don't smell right or there's something wrong with you and that you need to go clean up. But I think if it's a way to connect spiritually, it's fine. But I've heard mixed things about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I personally would want to do it. I just feel weird about having, I don't really like having a lot of like heat down there. Like uh-huh. if, if I use, like I like to cool things down. Like I like using ice cubes. I like using mm-hmm. like uh, cooling lubes and clitoral gels and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I think it, you would have to really research what they're blowing up there. <laughs> right. I guess. But I think that if they're you're doing it a reputable place, like I like the V Spot Medi Spa. It's in New York, and I know they do vaginal steaming, and I love these women, and they know what they're talking about. They're like queen V's. So if you want to try it out, I would check that out or check out their website, see what they use. But you know, I don't think it's going to hurt you, but I don't think it's going to be the answer to whatever you're seeking. Jamie, you do the next one. All right, <laughs> this is from Tim at fifty one in Indiana. Emily, great show, and I look forward to listening to them every week. On the Differently Disabled show with Andrew Gerza, a 27-year-old virgin guy from Kentucky wrote in about having insecurities around having a small, flaccid penis. This is a huge issue for some men. Guys are not erect all the time, and many men, myself included, do not like our penises being seen while it is not at its best. It's especially the case when we are growers and not showers. I know that women do not think about penis size nearly as much as men do, but as a man, it's hard to think that a woman will laugh at us or leave us if they see our small, shrunken, flaccid penis. How can we, as men, overcome our insecurities? I read somewhere that 85% of women are happy with their male partner's penis, but only 30% of guys are happy with the one they have. Well, I think just knowing that stat clearly isn't enough, Tim, because you just read, like, you you understand that 85% of women are happy with their guys' penises, with their male partner's penises. So you already know that, and you know that men aren't happy, so you have all the data here. So I think that there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of stigma, there's a lot of talk and emphasis around penis size, but I can tell you, because you're asking basically how can you overcome your insecurities, and mm-hmm. I really think the best way to overcome your insecurities is to truly be vulnerable. When you're with a partner, you could even like say something. You could even be like, I know, when it's flaccid. Look, I mean, I think that when we're vulnerable and we're real about our biggest insecurities, I think that's how you overcome it. Other than, other than that, you just kind of keep telling yourself and like looking at your penis and when you're masturbating, you gotta look at my penis, I love my penis. Like that's, it's all these messages. It's really just falling in love with your penis and sharing your insecurities with others like and having confidence and yourself yeah. overall will help with everything. When you're in your next sexual experience and you're confident in yourself regardless of your size, you, that's gonna your partner's not gonna notice that at all. And if they do, there there's something in themselves that that they need to work on because if they're gonna be rude at you and throw that at you, that's that's something that's on them. Yeah. And I gotta say, like seeing somebody grow is really cool. It's hot. Like, it's, it's hot. It's, it's yeah. It is hot. Like to me, so the reason why we were talking about this on the show, and it sounds like you're saying like on the Andrew Gerza show, we were talking about it, but you still didn't, it sounds like it still didn't resonate with you. And so I just think, yeah, the w- good points here, like the, w- mm-hmm. the women that you're with, if she's like, oh my God, it's so flat. Like that's not your chick. That yeah. That's not your mm-hmm. person. Because it's true. Like I've never in all the penis, and I've seen a lot of penis, mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, hey, I've, 
I've done a lot yeah. of research and I've never once been like, oh my God, his flaccid penis. Like it doesn't even register. I don't know any female friend or uh, gay male friend that I have had that has ever been like, that guy's penis was so small when it was soft. Right. Because also <laughs> like, what are you going to do with a soft penis? It's li- right. Like, what am I going to do with it? I'm right. not going to, I mean, besides Doesn't try to get it hard my life. and then when it's hard, it's bigger. And right. even if it wasn't, it's like, you know, it's not all. We just put, it's just crazy how much pressure we put on the penis itself. And it's like just same thing. Women have insecurities about their boobs or their right. stomach or stretch marks or we whatever. It's like, you just kind of like bear through it. Right. Eventually you got to love yourself. I like how you said, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Look in the mirror. And yeah. Look, and just kind of like really. Look at it and be like, look at my hard, beautiful penis and myself is that what you're saying look yeah, at yeah look at me when you're masturbating it's really hot you guys i think we downplay the importance of like watching ourselves have sex even when we're masturbating or with a partner like it's really hot when you see what your body can do and just like learn to like fall in love with your own with your penis right now like that's what it and once you love it and you're with someone you're going to be like you won't even be thinking about these things like you're just not with someone right now and so it's so easy when we're when we're not with someone to think about all the reasons why someone won't love us like it's mm-hmm. just literally the way our minds our brains are wired unfortunately it's not like you're so great you're that's why we ha- that's why i have my show that's why we all have each other mm-hmm. therapists because i think our brains just evolutionarily speaking we're evolved to think about what's wrong so we can protect ourselves from the environment so we have to constantly be thinking of what's wrong because there could be a wild boar coming in stealing our family so do we see something you know and eating our kids <laughs> I love that no but seriously like there could be something happening in, in the in the wild and so we have to constantly be is our roof going to fall in are we mm-hmm. going to have enough water for the kids and so that is why we are adapted towards finding what is wrong and so we can keep flipping and those are our own stories and they're not necessarily true so we're here to tell you flaccid penis well, it's a thing. It exists like a flaccid balloon. Like I'm not looking at a balloon that hasn't been blown up saying you will never blow up to be a, you. You will not be a good looking balloon. Like I would never give that to anybody. You balloon, you terrible balloon. Like I didn't even try to blow you. Like it's just the same. So yeah. And most guys I think are growers and not showers. They are. Do you like, remember that Seinfeld when he's like, I was in the pool. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, when George gets out of the pool and there's this girl he's dating and she sees him out of the pool and he's like, I was in the pool. Because <laughs> oh, he also gets shrinks in the pool. Okay. So I think that's enough flaccid penis for the day. You guys, we love your penises way more than you do. We just want you to catch up with us. Okay. You want to read the next one? Sure. Sarah. This is from Carly 32, Orange County. Emily, I'm a divorced mom of two little boys, six and three. I got divorced just over a year ago. Three months ago, I went on my first date in 10 years, a mutual friend of several other friends who I had never met before, and we've been casually dating ever since. I actually really like this guy, but when we see each other, we go out, restaurants, bars, concerts, and all different things. We usually end up spending 48 to 72 hours straight with each other, going out, hanging at each other's places, movies in bed, everything a couple would do. But then we won't text or call for like a week at a time. Then another 48-hour session. This seems to repeat over and over. I haven't dated in 10 years. Is this a new normal thing? Or is this just one dude? For all I know, he could be dating other people or no one. I want to enjoy the ride and be chill, but I really enjoy this guy. Do I just accept that this is how it is and let things unfold naturally? I would like this to turn into a more exclusive relationship, but I refuse to be that girl who asks all those questions. Help, I would love to know your advice on what to do. Okay, Carly. All right. So first of all, I get it. When you have been dating for 10 years and you popped out now and like everyone's on the apps and there's texting, like it is a different world. So yeah, there are some guys that are like this, that just kind of want to hang out and not text, but not all guys. So I don't think it makes you like uncool to bring bring it up. You've got two kids. I'm sure you're a single mom and you've got a really busy life. So when you see this guy, like you can only make time for certain people in your life when you have kids in a full life. I think that um, you have to let them know what, what you expect and what you're into. If you guys have been spending a few 72 hours together a few different times and then you you don't hear from them, I think it's totally okay to say, like, oh, okay, listen, so love these weekends we're spending together and let's talk about what else we're doing. Like, 
are we in this exclusively? Are you seeing other people? I just think we have to talk about it. And if this isn't okay with you, he's like, yeah, of course I'm seeing other people. Well, then you know. Like, I think mm-hmm. right now is when you have to ask these questions yeah. and find out. Because if you haven't discussed it at all, he might be wondering why you're not contacting him. He might be wondering if you're seeing people on the weekends that you're not together. So I think just saying, like, this is really fun. What are you looking for right now? Are you looking, I'm having a good time with you. Are you looking for a relationship? You get your information by asking the questions. But I wouldn't say this is normal. I say this is typical. Like, it can happen with certain, some guys are like this, some women are like this, and some are more like, hey, let's nail this down. When am mm-hmm. I seeing you again? Mm-hmm. So I think it's across the board. Yeah. Don't think that you are you have to hide how you feel and what you want to seem like you're cool and chill because then you're not, you're doing a disservice to yourself and your kids. Carly, you have to know like what weekends are planned, what days you're going to see them. Like it's just not as loose for you. And Mm -hmm. it is cooler to, I think it's actually cooler to be like, Hey, so what's, I used to think that I used Mm -hmm. to think, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about or not wanting to be needy. I mean, I really wasn't needy. The truth is I really was busy and independent, but I was not the one to be like, what's the status? Or I was like the cool girl. And just because I just never, it was always my biggest fear to be that needy person. But now I realize like in different stages of life that it's actually just makes so much, so much more mature. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's no game playing. There's no wasted brain space wondering what it all means when you can just find out. And the good thing about asking someone, what does this mean? What's our status? Are you seeing other people? You find out right then and there so much about the person, the relationship. They're like, no, oh my God, I'm saying dating 10 people. This is not, then you know, then you're out. Mm-hmm. If that, mm-hmm. So you just find out like I wish I would have known better communication skills early on because it just really helps like because there are things that you think oh I could never yeah it's like yeah. you're sleeping with someone like why could you never ask yeah. questions exactly sense. and then you then you know like you're in or you're out exactly okay the last one this is from Alex 24 in Los Angeles hey Emily I love the show and it makes for an insightful car ride every day So my girlfriend, 23, and I just finished college and our sex life was amazing. We share a strong connection mentally, emotionally, and physically. And shaking the sheets was more frequent. Now that we're back home, we have yet to have sex and it's mostly because we don't have a private place. But she sees getting a hotel or going on a weekend trip as tacky and a waste of money. Not to mention her grandma is a major cock block. Oh, those grandmas. Because it is improper for a lady to be alone with a man if they aren't married. How can we get our sex life back on track? Well, I think, you know, I understand the grandma. There's a lot of parents and grandmas that they don't want their kids. They don't want them sleeping with someone else. But I think, first of all, a weekend away or a night away is not cheesy at all. Mm -mm. A long weekend. Yeah, that's fun. That's like the fun part. It's tacky, I guess, in the sense of like you're doing it just to have sex. If that's how you feel for me, that still sounds like a great weekend just to get away, just to have sex (laughs) in a new place. But it could be just like a fun thing. You go into a new environment. You guys are going out and doing having fun. And then you go back to like a hotel room to have sex. Right. Like that's totally, even if it's like a whatever you can afford. Yeah. Or an Airbnb. You could right? probably get a room for a night in LA. Like, yeah. And if you're truly from LA, there's so many camping places and cool places you can camping, go to. Yeah. 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 There's like this little spot in Refugio where um, you can see the Milky Way and the stars at night. Ooh. Like, why not go there? And like, you can bang under the stars in the Milky Way. That's kind Get of hot. Creative. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even yeah. know about that's that. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea. I think that you guys could have, yeah, get creative here and also ask friends if they want you to house it, dog sit, cat sit. I think people also, like mm-hmm. on Craigslist or wherever, they're always looking for people or friends. So put it out there, like, I'm way willing to do that. And then you could have sex in someone else's bed. Yeah, not or, mine though. I guess <laughs> I guess plan around like when people are going to be home. They can't be home all the time. Maybe the grandma Maybe is, the grandma's. is, but like you know, there's got to be out of the two places that you have. Sometime when someone's not home, um, you can also just I don't know, like if you're up for it, because this is the thing. The alternative right now is no sex at all, which is obviously not fun. So try sex in public it might not be as like amazing it might have to be quickies but or legal but you could get it's not yeah it's not legal but you got (laughs) you got to be smart about it's not legal necessarily uh but or in a truck if you got like an suv in the back yeah like i've done that like (laughs) like i slept in a boyfriend's suv i don't know we were camping like yeah put some blankets down Mm -hmm. um just gotta get creative she should be part of this talk with you too and not just shooting things down so maybe you guys could brainstorm together 
Yeah, because also the only other thing, it's like if she's like not coming up with ideas, like there might be some mm. other issues that you don't know about. Right. Are you guys in the same town? Is she in L.A. as well? Is she seeing other people? What's the deal? I don't know. We don't know. Make sure it's important to her as well. Mm-hmm. So much easier that way when you both have the same goals for sex. Okay, guys, that was fun. It was. It's already over. All right. Uh, thank you so much to Jamie and Sarah mm-hmm. and Michael and Ken. Who's not here? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Was it good for you? Email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. Something magical happened this year. The magic wand turned 50. Just think about how much the world has changed over the last 50 years. I'm talking disco to dubstep, payphones to cell phones. I mean, do you realize the magic wand came out a full year before we landed on the moon? That blows my mind. There's a reason the magic wand has stood the test of time. It's just that freaking good. Time Magazine named it one of the most iconic inventions. Cosmo calls it the little black dress of vibrators. In other words, it's the one vibrator you need to have. In case you haven't seen one at any point over the last 50 years, the magic wand is a full-size massager. And yes, it works great on the shoulders too. For most women, its power and size make it the ultimate clitoral vibe. I call it the sure thing. And because things get better over time, you now have two models to choose from. The original plug-in version for constant power or the variable speed rechargeable version for cordless convenience. I've been obsessed with my magic wand since before I started the show. I even had my nightstand modified so I could keep it plugged in from inside the drawer. That's how much I love a magic wand. If you haven't tried one, what are you waiting for? Just go to magicwandemily.com. That's magicwandemily.com to order yours today.